The Charlotte Hornets lose again, but Steve Clifford has praise for one young player in particular. We'll get to that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on that's all caps in the game episode brought to you by ultimate basketball gm i'm walker mail that's doug branson find his Substack every hornets box score on every hornets box score.com writing about another loss this one was tough to watch doug this one was brutal mm-hmm. and you look at all of the turnovers eric collins even mentioned it during the broadcast it's not that the hornets are turning it over all the time it's that the cleveland cavaliers are also never turning the basketball over it was working at both ends of the spectrum against the charlotte hornets and you thought this one rivaled the memphis grizzlies blowout in terms of just how painful it was to watch a game this season well less less painful to watch because i think there have been more painful games uh offensively to watch i mean they were offensively I, will, I I dare say competent. I mean, they weren't very good offensively, but they were somewhat competent. They have had games where they were scoring, you know, sub-90. I think those are the games that are most difficult to watch. I, I do think this one is pretty close to the Memphis blowout in just how little organization, energy they entered the game with. And it's strange because it's the second straight game that they've played against Cleveland, both games at home. And this was a game in which Donovan Mitchell doesn't play. They're, they were doing some injury management on a finger injury that he had. So they lose Donovan Mitchell. And in that first game, they played three really great quarters of basketball, the Hornets did, before giving up the lead in the fourth quarter. So, you know, you have something uh, to think about there. They get Kelly Oubre back, and yet I just didn't think the energy was there. I thought for the second straight night they played the same opponent, and that opponent was themselves. I mean, you look at those turnovers, 22, leading to a season-high 35 points. So it it wasn't just that they were turning the basketball over. It wasn't just that Cleveland wasn't turning the basketball over. It's that every time the Hornets turned the basketball over, Cleveland turned it into points. And that was because of the way the Hornets were turning the basketball over. There was a lot of mention about Cleveland Cavaliers, their tough defense. And and I agree, they're a good defensive team, and they do turn you over sometimes – but I thought the the turnovers that were most disastrous last night were from not Terry Rozier, who had eight turnovers in the previous game. They were from guys like Kelly Oubre and Gordon Hayward, who were just really not focusing, not paying attention, not zi- putting enough zip on the passes. There was one where Nick Richards was literally like holding the ball out above the break, trying to trying to keep it away from his defender, and Karis LeVert just sneaks around and grabs the basketball, yep. takes it back for two. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it was – listlessness is the word that comes to mind for me the Hornets looked listless 
Uh, Karis LeVert had four steals, by the way. I mean, they had a million different turnovers. Um, This was kind of an opportunity, I guess, I mean, for Cleveland or for you to get a win against Cleveland because they didn't have Jared Allen in this game who has destroyed the Charlotte Hornets in his Mm -hmm. career. You didn't have Donovan Mitchell who has destroyed the entire league at different points in his career. And so you thought maybe Charlotte could muster something up, but it's always going to be tough even without those guys. Cleveland's still talented and deep enough. Chetty Osman, I don't know if I had him booked for 24 points last night oh, that's exactly what he logged yeah yeah get out of here i mean the ultimate ben trench yeah eight of 14 from the field six of 10 the one there was one three that he took that was just like video game toss it up just feeling a heater 24 points hmm. like you know there, there's not a ton that you're going to do about that but that you know chetty osmond scoring 24 is probably not why they won this game it, it was it was the turnovers. Offensive rebounding, still a problem. Eight offensive rebounds for the Cavaliers. So, you know, it's just a lot of the same stuff. Turnovers, offensive rebounding. And then you look at, I mean, the balance offensively in this game for the Hornets was exactly where you think it would be without LaMelo Ball. So Terry Rozier takes 20 shots. Kelly Oubre takes 17 shots. And they had decently efficient nights. Uh, but, you know, Gordon Hayward only gets eight attempts. P.J. Washington only seven. Nick Richards three of three from the field, but only three attempts. And it's because nobody can get him the basketball. Well, and, and again, it's the Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre show. They had 37 attempts between both of them. And that's yeah. what you expect when the ball is out. And I, there's a couple stats you brought up too, that I also went to. So as I was looking at the Charlotte Hornets, part of the box score, I saw six offensive rebounds. I'm like, Oh geez, that's you know pretty terrible. And then you go to Cleveland and they only had eight. So they only had two more. And then you look at the amount of rebounds Cleveland posted altogether. They had 30 total rebounds. Now, some of that means that Cleveland was shooting so well. They shot over 50%. They shot over 45 from three. But the Charlotte Hornets out-rebounded them total 40 to 30. 30 is low, but of course, it's it's because Cleveland is able to hit shots. And even if yeah. they have a 22 fourth uh, quarter, 22 point fourth quarter, it's still a Cleveland team that po- posted 120. Yeah, this one, this one was tough, Doug. Like, I know we were kind of talking about feelings before we hopped on the mic. Like, where this one ranks against the Memphis Grizzlies loss. There's been a bunch to choose from. And there's only 11 games left on the season. This feels like a slog right now. Because you don't have Mark Williams. Because you don't have LaMelo. Because Kelly Oubre is in and out of the lineup where he missed that one game because of a back injury. Terry Rozier is having to be the ball handler. Gordon Hayward's having to be a ball handler. And... Gordon Hayward's starting to slip after we were praising him just last week because he was incredibly efficient shooting the basketball. He was playing really well, and the last week happens, and it's just not really going for him. I I think the Hornets are feeling it. It doesn't mean that they're giving up. It's just tough to, you know, we do this podcast every day. We've talked about doing daily radio shows, and sometimes it's hard to come in with 100% intensity, and sometimes it's hard to just come in and, completely have it right like Bomani Jones was talking about this sometimes like a lot of this job is being in a good mood you know <laughs> like a lot of and so with the Hornets yeah you got to fight every day I'm not saying that they're quitting Whew, 11 games left to go in what has been a disaster of a season compared to what you hoped for I think I saw that on the floor last night and it wasn't because of lack of effort. It's just because it is what it is at this point. Well, I think everybody individually has to find something to play for at this point. And there it's a lot harder to do 
when you, you don't have sort of a singular goal that the team is trying to achieve, and then you have certain players that make playing the game of basketball easier. Those players like Mark Williams and like LaMelo Ball are not playing anymore. And and I don't know if we're going to see Mark Williams for the rest of the season at this point. And so right. they're, they're going to have to figure that out. And then you're, you're playing with a lot of players like Kai Jones and Bryce McGowan's who are young and making a ton of mistakes out there. And that's good. It's good that they get to make those mistakes. Kelly Oubre was talking about this after the game in, in reference to Kai Jones. Like, Kai Jones needs to understand what's wrong with his game. And the only way you really understand that is by taking it out into the laboratory, the actual laboratory, which is an NBA game, and having NBA-level defenders expose you. And that's what's happening to Kai Jones right now. You can't find that out in the gym just, you know, chucking up shots. And so Kai, this, this is an important time for the Charlotte Hornets to make mistakes and, and figure out how they're going to get, how they're going to achieve the goals that they have long term, because there are no more short term goals. All the goals that they have now are out in the far future. And, you know, this is an important time. And, and I think we will only truly appreciate this time when they do achieve something, whether it is next season, if they are miraculously able to put together a team that can get back to the playoffs and even compete in a playoff series, uh, we will appreciate all of the mistakes that we've seen JT Thor and Kai Jones make. Uh, We will appreciate Terry Rozier really kind of putting the team on his back at this point and sacrificing a ton of his own stats, uh, you know, to to make things happen uh, for this team. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a tough time, but at the same time, I think it is super important what they're going through right now. Yeah, let's talk about it a little bit more and a a few other things as well. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. I'm going to wrap up. That was weird. (laughs) Graphic sounds not exactly coinciding there. That messed me up. But I do want to talk a little bit more about that conversation in the first segment. And then Steve Clifford had praise for a certain player after the game. We'll get to that player in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. I'm excited about our new partner and the sponsor of today's episode. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise, well, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. And you're responsible for everything from hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training the right players, making draft picks. Doug, I know that would be for you. Navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft all the ups and downs of a season that come with it. It's really exciting. All of it is very challenging and realistic too. Locked on Hornets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using their promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out again, to download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com ultimate basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. More locked on Hornets coming up next is locked on hornets adam silver had ahmad rashad up on stage and he used his phone to like body scan ahmad rashad and then they like inserted a like a digital version of ahmad rashad into the highlight and so i'm looking at this and going just fix my league pass i don't want to be in a highlight i would just like to actually watch the highlight without my application logging me out freezing dropping all of the time fix my league pass before you insert me in the game please and thank you It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, before we go to that certain player, I think you 
kind of helped me come to a realization before okay. we hopped on the mic too. We were talking about the feelings of this season, how last night was really hard. It was just, it was just a tough game to watch. They were out right from the get go. They weren't going to stop Cleveland. Evan Mobley, someone that we didn't really have a shot at, but we pined for before the lottery happened, right? I mean, Charlotte Hornets fans, it, it was, it's funny because it was the most unrealistic guy that we all agreed would be amazing for this team, but we, we couldn't get Evan Mobley before you were going to draft him just because the, the lottery gods were not going to be nice. But anyways, we saw him go for, what was it? 28, a, a nice 26, 26, a nice performance. I mean, you know, yeah, so yeah I could have scored two more, could have scored four more to get to 30, but yeah, <laughs> Evan Mobley, like I, I honestly, I'm not impressed. Yeah. 10 no. of 15, 26, but it was a quiet 26. Like, I didn't even, I barely noticed him. I noticed Darius Garland. I sure noticed Karis LeVert. I mean, I think Evan Mobley is super lucky that he gets to play with all of his talent. That's all I'll say. Okay, very good. Um, anyways, what, what the, the thing that you helped me realize, though, is you call it, we were talking about the feelings, right, and how it was just that point that you made. This time is important. It's important yep. that it's constructive, that it's not destructive, because that can happen for, for a lot of these young teams, and it's what Houston finds themselves in right now. Very destructive season. Jalen Green is not improving, not at the rate that you would love him to. And I haven't watched enough Rockets basketball, but you hear people talk about what Jalen Green is doing. Jabari Smith, I think, is playing better, but still kind of a disappointing season right there. Like, you can go to with some examples with a whole bunch of different squads that are down here. Tankinistas, as you would call them, mm-hmm. want the team to lose, and you have a problem with that because it's just not constructive to lose for the sake of losing and not gaining anything from this. Well, so, I, don't, I don't have a I don't have a problem with the losing. Right. I have a problem with the Tankanistas in that they want the team to lose, but then they want to go watch something else. They don't want see not me. I I'm I'm okay with them losing as long as they're learning something and as long as you know the wheels aren't completely falling off. But I'm gonna watch every game. Like I've got you know, what are those like clothespins attached to my eyes? And I'm like, yes, give it to me. Kai Jones, <laughs> awkward Eurostep charge, offensive foul. Give it to me. The, like I'm watching is... every second because I'm going to appreciate it later on when Kai Jones is the most improved player of the year. But I'm watching. I am here. I am committed. I am not a tankanista. Mm-hmm. Um, well, th- this, it reminds me of, of you being the victim in bird box where the guy is holding open your eyes, watching the spirits from out the window. It's bug box is what it is. This season has turned into bug box with you watching the Charlotte Hornets and the spirits that make you jump off of a cliff. It's but when clockwork you're talking- teal. <laughs> but when you're talking about Tankanisa, right? Like you're, you're discussing, you invest early and by the grace of God in the next two years, the Hornets might win a playoff series and we'll be the hipsters mm-hmm. and to the moon, we'll, baby. Yeah, you yeah. invest early. It's just like all this, all this crypto nonsense. You know, you invest early and watch the Hornets go to the moon, or you know, an entire bank collapses. Either way, really, it's a, it's a fun ride. But correct, but 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 that's the realization, though. It's the fact that you we are we look like Hornets fans, Doug. If you just take a look at me, you take a look at you. When David Walker joins us, like we look like Hornets fans. I'm sitting here in a cutoff hoodie featuring the low end theory tribe called quest album. Okay. You are donning different hats from back in the stone ages, the, the glory that is all of the logo. And then you are wearing the Adidas that you well, proudly showed off yesterday, <laughs> like on sale, like, $43. We, we are, we are truly the Hornets fans that are trying to be as hip as possible. Like that's, and it's just, 
the mainstream hasn't hit us yet. The whole like playoff success that that just hasn't hit us yet. It just was a realization that we are we are such Hornets fans, man. Like that's just what we are, and we're hoping that it all pays off in the end. Uh, true, and uh, you know, listen, uh, I am the president of the More Thor movement. Uh, we did we did have to shut down the headquarters for a little while. Uh, we couldn't pay rent anymore. Uh, but we are fully back. Talk about being a hipster. I've been a Thor hipster. Go. I've been on this bandwagon. You know, a lot of people want to say that I got off the bandwagon, and I'm just going to say right now that you are you are out there spreading lies. I've always been on the bandwagon. I just went out uh, for you know a carton of cigarettes. I'm back. <laughs> Thor <laughs> is back. He's getting a solid amount of rotation minutes. He's he starting it for a while. It's a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Uh, I needed yeah. a whole carton. I didn't. I needed more than a pack <laughs> to get through this season. I got. I, I went to the to the wholesale and brought back, you know, a a, a, a pallet of cigarettes. Well, uh, well, let's go through Daddy Doug's notebook after he had a you know a year long trip to the grocery store. What kind of observations did you write about JT Thor? Well, he's getting a lot of praise from Steve Clifford, and, and that's not a surprise. I mean, Thor feels like a guy that Steve Clifford loves, likes to do the dirty work. Is uh, and doesn't like I don't notice him on the defensive end of the floor in a good way, like he's not getting beat a lot. He anticipates what other teams want to do yeah. offensively, and he puts himself in the right positions. And I'm not seeing him get blown by a ton. I'm certainly not seeing him fall asleep on defense like I've seen PJ Washington do uh, recently. And in this game in particular, he gets beat by Chetty Osmond back door. I think weirdly PJ Washington has like taken over the Miles Bridges role of last season, which was consistently, not constantly, but consistently getting beat back door. And it's just like, it's aggravating to me how, how I, and it's either getting back doored for a bucket, but it's also getting back doored for an offensive rebound, which has happened critically. Uh, you know, you look back at that first, the very first game against Cleveland with that double overtime loss. A lot of that was on PJ Washington getting beat back door for an offensive rebound. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. JT Thor, 4 of 7 in this game, 11 points, tied a career high. He's shooting better now that he's not starting, which is odd, but he's look, he's shooting better when he's in this limited role. I think that's good for him. I don't think he's ever going to be a star in this league, but I think he can be a rotation player. Steve Clifford says he thinks he can be a starter someday. Now, that can be a little bit of a kiss of death because he also said the same thing about Dwayne Bacon, but I think it's a little bit different here in that JT Thor has some some skills that can allow him to be here's a name I don't know if you heard this here's a name that he threw out in reference to JT Thor this is the I don't know that there's a higher compliment that Steve Clifford could give out he he compared JT Thor to Marvin Williams yeah that's as high a praise as you're gonna get from Steve Clifford Marvin it's like calling him the Pope Back with the organization. Yes, it is. Marvin Pope Williams, 100%. That should be his nickname. Yeah, I mean, JT Thor, he did play well, and it had been a long time. Well, and it's funny, too, because you mentioned how he feels like a Steve Clifford guy, except that was true at the beginning of the season, and and it didn't end up bearing out in reality. Like, it was James Booknight. It was the exact opposite. I've made that point a couple times. Where James Booknight, he was going to get his opportunity you know, disregarding the injuries like it, if, if you would have had all healthy players, Steve Clifford had talked enough about James Booknight to the point where he was going to get his opportunity at the beginning, beginning of the season. And I thought JT Thor was going to just go right on into the rotation 
just like he was under James Borrego. And Steve Clifford likes defense, wants the length. Yeah, man, this is awesome. This is going to be great. And JT Thor barely gets any run, even now. I mean, Doug, even in this game, JT only playing 15 minutes. It's not like he's playing a ton. It's fine. I'm not calling for more. I'm just saying this is the same thing that's happening even at this point in the year. JT Thor only getting 15 minutes. Last thing, too, you were talking about, yes, you were a hipster, and then you went out to the grocery store for a little bit, but then you came back. Came and right back. Got you I told you I was coming right back. JT Thor, more Thor. Um, did, did you did you leave for a carton of cigarettes on Bryce McGowan's yet, or are you still here? No. Did, 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 I just I just want to ask about Bryce McGowan's. What are your observations there? My observations is that he's a young player. He's making young player mistakes. I think he needs a reset. He needs an offseason. He and Kai Jones, I think, are, are the exact same. In fact, they're tending to make mistakes, strangely, like with each other. Like if you look at the offensive fouls that they committed in this game, they were on plays where they were trying to work the two-man game with each other, either setting bad screens or Bryce had a push-off on one of his – hit my mic there – trying to uh, do a do a push-off there. But um, so I'm making mistakes too. I'm turning the basketball over. But Bryce McGowan's making these mistakes, and that's fine. Like they they've committed to him long term, and I think they saw enough early on and from the G League to understand that Bryce McGowan's has an opportunity to do something special here. It's just it's just not, I don't think it's going to happen for him through these eleven games. You know, I think both he and Kai uh, need an off season, and he's got to find some confidence too. I think his offense, but in particular, like shooting the basketball. He was doing mm-hmm. he was doing much better earlier in the season. So call it rookie wall, call it confidence, whatever. I just think he needs an offseason reset. All right. Let's talk more about the young players, maybe not in a Hornets uniform yet. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. That number two overall pick. Is it wide open now? After talking so much about the season, it being Scoot Henderson, we'll get to that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the, well, it's way past the midway point of the NBA season. It is damn near the end of the season, but now is still a good enough time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure. It's super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored to threes drained. There's a bunch you can bet on. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Last segment coming up next, Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. And just that I showed any kind of vulnerability, well, you, yeah, you I just, think not is just going to jump You are the over. gazelle limping through the African <laughs> safari. I'm in the mud. Yeah. I'm in I'm in some sticky yeah, mud. You are the hippo stuck in the mud. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm about to just get destroyed by Nas or by not as <laughs> by Nas. By Nas. <laughs> He's going to come out with me a rap battle. <laughs> It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Doug, we we teased it a little bit with David yesterday, but the number two overall pick, it's starting to get a little open now as far as it not necessarily just being Scoot Henderson in cement. Brandon Miller is viewed apparently by NBA GMs and front office members as a better player at that number two overall spot. Victor Wembanyama will not be passed 
But Scoot Henderson just might with Brandon Miller, the way that he played his first year with Alabama. They get the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. He's been absolutely fantastic this year. And it's something where maybe a couple people would have Brandon Miller as their two spot. But Woj dropped that report a couple of days ago. Again, they cited the lack the lack of three-point shooting in the G League and the lack of playmaking, which, you know, I don't know if I agree with the playmaking. I think that is within Scoot Henderson. What do you make of Scoot? Um, moving kind of, you know, at, at least it being wide open. I don't want to say it's down because he's still up there at number two as much as any player. It's just he used to be way more at number two, and now you're seeing Brandon Miller creep into that territory. I don't think Scoot has anything to worry about. There's just been too much hype around him and too too many people saying that if this were any other draft, if Scoot would have been in last year's draft, if if he if Scoot were to be in next year's draft, he would be the same kind of consensus number one pick that Victor Webanyama is right now. And, and I just don't see people saying the same things about Brandon Miller. Now, there are going to be people that fall in love with Brandon Miller right now because it's tourney time. And if he shows up big in the tournament, uh, that's, you know, to his to his credit, that will be a, you know, that'll be a good mark on, on his name. But, you know, I, I think that, enough people have understood what Scoot will mean to a team to cement him in the side. And look, I think Scoot is not worrying about it. The G League Ignite announced that they're they're putting him on ice for the rest of their season because the Ignite are not going to make any kind of G League postseason. So there's nothing really left to play for for that team. So Scoot shutting things down. He's ready for the draft. So I don't think that there's anything to worry about. And look, Scoot doesn't have – the same kind of questions to answer in terms of the off the court stuff that Brandon is going to have to answer to uh, when he meets with GMs and, and different things like that. So it's just one less challenge, uh, one less hoop for Scoot to jump through. Yeah, I mean, and, and even with the Charlotte Hornets picking here, Doug, I mean, I think some people might talk themselves into choosing a Brandon Miller because you don't have that star potential out on the wing right now. And maybe Brandon Miller might fit that. I, I don't think Brandon Miller is a bad fit by any means. I just no. think – I think Scoot Henderson – I've just talked about it a million times when we mentioned him, but I, I just love the idea of pairing him with a LaMelo ball in the backcourt. I think they complement each other really well. And so while you might think, okay, we already have our point guard, we want Scoot Henderson to have the basketball in his hands quite a bit. So maybe it makes more sense for Charlotte to go after – uh, Brandon Miller put him out on the wing Gordon Hayward plays one year and then he's gone Kelly Oubre might be gone then you got PJ like it fits better as a positional puzzle piece but with Scoot Henderson in the backcourt alongside LaMelo I think that works just as well and so I, I, I don't think that Brandon Miller being the archetype that he is is going to be reason enough to select him over Scoot because Scoot can still easily make it work with LaMelo and vice versa now, we're talking about marginal differences here between two and three. So, you know, mm -hmm. me saying that I think Scoot is cemented at number two is not me talking down Brandon Miller. I think Brandon Miller's going to be a very good player. I would question if Brandon Miller can come in and make a super immediate impact, whereas I think Scoot is ready to start contributing immediately. And so if you're looking for the Hornets to compete next season and, and you're you're talking about two versus three, then I think Scoot still needs to be the pick there. But I think Scoot is a guaranteed star. I think Victor is a guaranteed star. You know, I think Brandon 
is most likely going to be a very, very good player in this league. But do I think he's a guaranteed star? No, I do not. Well, uh, it's, it's fine. Well, no. well, I was just going to say, I, I feel like people go to the shooting, I, and I have zero evidence to back this up. So I could be terribly, terribly wrong. But one of the things I think people attribute to being an immediate contributor is their shooting ability. And so it's like, okay, well, this guy's going to help you off the bench right away. And so I think people go to Brandon Miller and say that. I think, I, I mean, hell, you go to Corey Kispert, right? Uh, Chris Duarte, who was old. I'm just thinking of random draft prospects in the last few years. But, guy, I mean, Malik Monk was this. I Malik Monk did not immediately contribute. And Malik Monk, you know, now he's he's a good enough shooter. It's a little bit down this season. But, but it didn't happen right away. Like, shooting, I feel like. And Jabari Smith, hell, Jabari Smith is a perfect example of this. Let's just go to a top three pick from last year. Mm-hmm. I feel like people will see the shoot, the shooting, and then they'll say, okay, well, those guys can help right away. And oftentimes, that doesn't really happen the first year for some of these dead eyes coming out of college. Well, and I think what will help Scoo contribute right away is just ball handling. You, know, you can put the ball on his hands and trust that yeah. good things are going to happen. Playmaking, whether he's taking it to the rim, yeah, like he, his shooting has to improve. But, but – the thing is, you don't have to make things happen for Scoot Henderson on the offensive side of the floor. And I think defensively, he can be an impact player as well. So, yeah, right. I, I, I'm just like totally on board with Scoot at number two. And I don't, you know, maybe if I watch this tournament and they make it all the way to the finals and, you know, he's putting up just monster number after monster number. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like saying that I'm 100% uh, unconvinced on on Brandon Miller at two, uh, but it would take a lot at this point to make me make me fall in love enough that I'm ready to move Scoot out of that two position. Well, part of it goes to what you were talking about. He's going to have the NCAA tournament, and Scoot Henderson already was not overexposed here in the G League, and so they're shutting it down from the time that he is getting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be tough, especially when everybody is – I mean, not everybody – more people are watching college basketball than they are the G League. And this is what we do. It, you, you have to be generational to hold on to your spot for so long, like a Wimby, like a LeBron James, like a Zion Williamson, who wasn't even the number one rated player in his class. That belonged to R.J. Barrett. But you know, Zion eventually became that. And Brandon Miller does not, and Scoot Henderson, I should say. Scoot Henderson, I guess, doesn't have the generational tab so the longer you have that number two overall prospect status surrounding your name, which it's been like over a year now, right? Like it's tough to hold on to that if you don't mm-hmm. just go crazy. And, and so that's what I worry about. It's okay. If, if he shoots 35% from three, are we, are we right back on scoot being number two again? Did, did we just get the, are we just bored? I think there's a lot of boredom here that that could possibly bring Scoot down. It's not to say anything about Brandon. The guy's been awesome. There's really smart basketball minds that have him number two. But I just worry about Scoot Henderson. You know, like if you're bored, if you're bored, go to YouTube. Uh, Mitch, go to YouTube. (laughs) I'm speaking directly to you. Go to YouTube.com. Y-O-U-T-U-B-E.com. And then in the search bar, type Scoot Henderson highlights. Okay, and you won't be bored anymore. But this team has historically fallen in love with the darling of the tournament, uh, Frank Kaminsky, MKG over Brad Beal. So, you know, there are examples of this team, whether it be Michael Jordan or whoever, 
is he you know is is answering to him falling in love with the tourney darling so i am worried about it i am concerned about it but i think scoot ha- it, it, and, and we're all talking speculatively speculatively if the hornets get the number two pick but they may be in the number four slot and then we're sitting here having a different conversation begging the team that's in the three slot or the two slot not to pick Brandon Miller so that he falls to four because the talent level for Brandon Miller is right. immense. I don't want people to get it twisted. You know, I was talking about Scoot versus Brandon versus Amin Thompson or whatever. Like the talent level on Brandon Miller is immense. And, you know, I, I think a team is going to be lucky to have that talent level and and hopefully, uh, you know, some of this other off-the-court stuff will, uh, uh, you know, be – uh, something that that he learns from and moves on from yeah i mean no it, it's a top three draft right now i mean there's a gap even if it it's really deep it's got to be those three right like no we won't do it too long but i would say it's a top three draft right now a little bit of a gap and then you can go talk about the thompson twins george walker i i think there's a gap there yeah no for sure i mean the, the thompson twins i think it's going to be interesting to see how much they get punished for the overtime elite situation how much GMs are going to look at that and go, well, were they really tested? So if and if that happens and Osar drops to like nine or ten, I, honestly, I think a team's going to get really lucky to have an Osar at nine or ten or an Amen at six or seven. You know, if it costs them several draft slots, I think teams are going to be pretty lucky because those Thompson twins, you know, they were they were big fish in a small pond. Uh, but but I think they're going to be really good players as well. It's a fun it's a fun draft cuz there are so many enticing prospects out yep. there. I don't know if I'm going to have enough roses. I got to go to the flower, got to go to the florist, get some more roses to hand out cuz I'm going to be handing out a bunch. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. All right, that is Doug Branson handing out the roses and this is me thanking everyone for making us your first listen today. Make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result locked on game to game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 